the most of your Walt Disney World vacation. The top six reasons not to overlook Storybook Circus. Hi, I'm Herb Leibacher, and welcome to episode number 129 of the World of Walt podcast. Make the most of your Walt Disney World vacation for the week of November 5th, 2017. This is the podcast for Walt Disney World fans, whether you're planning your next trip or just enjoy reliving a little bit of Disney magic. It may seem like a lifetime ago, but Mickey's Toontown Fair closed in the Magic Kingdom back on February 11, 2011, as part of the construction of New Fantasyland. Parts of Toontown were torn down, while other parts were rethemed. After a phased opening process, the new and complete Storybook Circus opened on October 4, 2012. Uh, some people look overlook this area of the park. Um, but it actually has a lot to offer. So today we're going to take a look at the top six reasons not to overlook Storybook Circus. To help me explore this topic, I'd like to welcome a guy who, unlike some characters in Storybook Circus, uh, has ears that are a perfectly normal size, Aaron Cohen. Aaron, welcome to the show. <laughs> That's an odd opening. I like it. <laughs> perfectly normal sized ears. I've seen them. In, perfectly in normal size at as compared to, to some of the characters that we'll talk about later on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Storybook Circus, I'm glad that we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about it. it. It's one of those areas I think people write off, but there is a lot to see there. But before we get to Storybook Circus, the infamous warm-up question today, what is your favorite shop on Main Street USA? Um, you know, for Magic Kingdom I'm in Florida, I'm going to have to say the Emporium. Um, and just because it's, at the end, you know, honestly, it's because at the end of the night, we end up there kind of like browsing a lot. It's where we get often last minute souvenirs. It's where we, we're kind of hanging out shopping because we don't necessarily want to leave the park yet. Um, we'll have to that last bit of pixie dust before we leave. Mm. Um, and I just feel like. Some especially shops are really cool. Some of the glass shops, some of the other shops are, are, are have gorgeous stuff to look at, um, and the and the art artwork shop. But just to kind of go in and get pins or get plushes or get shirts or kind of that a little bit of everything, um, the Emporium got that. So it is it is often our, our kind of last go to spot before we leave the park tonight. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Crystal Arts shop, which is one that I always enjoy going into to look around. It's one of those shops, though, where you feel like, don't touch that, don't touch that. <laughs> um, yep, exactly. It's uh, fun to see, but I don't often, in fact, I don't think I've ever made a purchase there. If I had to pick a favorite, I would probably also pick the Emporium. Um, I've heard that on a sales per square foot, the Emporium is one of the most profit-generating stores anywhere in the world, which kind of makes sense because just like you and me, I think most everyone stops there at, at some point in their day at the Magic Kingdom and often on their way out because it's right there on the right, and it's one of those things that um, you can you can get a lot of things there. They have a huge selection. Yeah, exactly, and... You know, it, it's especially because generally when we go down uh, Magic Kingdom, it's kind of the last thing we do before we leave the next day. So it's often like, okay, we need to get, you know, pins for my daughter. We need to get, you know, is there any surfing to get? Is there any last minute things? So it's kind of like that great kind of catch all to get as many things as possible. Yeah. Um, especially at the end of the night when you, you know, now, now it's, it's, you don't have to carry it around. I mean, yeah, and you can 
have it sent to your your room. You can have it, you know, sent to the front the, the front gate. But um, you know, you can also just pick it up and, and leave it at, at the end of the night like that. Yeah. Um, and I will say that I, you know, when you asked me that at the beginning, I said that the Magic Kingdom in Florida, and that's because if it was Disneyland, I would probably say the Magic Shop, mm. which doesn't exist in Disney World anymore. Um, and that's just because it's a great shop. Um, I was at Disneyland not too terribly long ago, and it's so nice to kind of see the Magic Shop again um, after I've been gone from Disney World for so so long. And we went in and we shopped around, and the the cast member behind the counter did a magic trick for us. And it was it's just one of those kind of classic Disney experiences you don't get in, in Florida anymore. So that's why I put that qualifier at the beginning. Yeah. I always, as a kid, loved going into the magic shop on Main Street. And there was a magic shop in downtown Disney before the switch over to Disney Springs. But um, we just don't have a place like that in Florida anymore, I don't believe. And it was a, a fun thing to do way back when. Yeah. Okay, today, the top six reasons not to overlook Storybook Circus. And Aaron, you get number one. So... My first one, so now, now bear in mind that, that you know, you're saying at the beginning that um, people often overlook sort of a circus, and I'm actually one of those people. Um, I don't go there every time, and actually, I think the past few trips, I hadn't been there. And then on my most recent trip, the park was fairly crowded, and we ended up walking through there just to kind of get away from the crowd because it wasn't as crowded as everywhere else. It was kind of nice to get away and, and kind of do something without being overwhelmed by people. Um, and we ended up at uh, Pete's Silly Sideshow, which is kind of one of the big main draws in Storybook Circus. And before you even get into the tent, um, as you're going towards the entrance, you need to pay attention. There's a calliope, an old-style old circus calliope, right by the entrance. Um, and there's a little bit of trivia involved with this. Um, on the top of it, it actually um, says, uh, Toot, Whistle, Plunk, and Boom. Um, across the top of this instrument, um, which there's, there's an old um, uh, short cartoon, a Disney uh, cartoon from the 50s that uh, had that name. So it's actually a reference to this 1950s um, like educational cartoon. Hmm. Um, and then on the bottom of the calliope, um, it shows that it was manufactured by um, Melody Time Company, Melody Time Brass Horn Company. I'm looking at the photo I took of it um, as we <laughs> talk. Um, so um, it's the Melody Time Brass Horn Company, um, and it was used by the Melody Time Brass Horn Band. Um, and in 1948, um, there's a Disney film called Melody Time. So that is all a reference to this, this old um, Disney film. So before you can get into the, the um, Pete Silly Sideshow proper, there's a quiet there's a couple little... Disney history references. So next time you're there with your family, you can point that out and wow your friends and family with that information. <laughs> um, in, in my head, that's exactly how that, goes, that works. Um, <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, once you get into the tent, the tent is basically a uh, meet and greet area. Um, you've got Donald, Goofy, Daisy, and Minnie. Um, and they're all set up and all dressed up like um, circus characters. Uh, Donald is a uh, snake charmer, Goofy is a stuntman, uh, Daisy is a fortune teller, um, Minnie has um, uh, a little squad of dancing poodles, uh, trained poodles, um, 
And there's four separate sections, and each one is um, the background is themed uh, to the characters and the costumes. Um, there's generally two separate lines, one for Minnie and Daisy, one for Donald and Goofy. So last time I did it, I actually waited in line on one side and saw um, Minnie and, and Daisy and then got back in line on the other side to see the other two. Um, and I will say that obviously... Um, the people playing the characters change. Uh, obviously, not the same people every day, all hours. But last time I was there, I had hands down some of the best meet and greet experiences I've ever had at, at Pete's Silly Sideshow. Wow! In, in particular, Donald Duck was phenomenal. Um, and it always impresses me when you go to Disney and you you meet and greet with a non face. It's not even the face characters that can talk. You know, when you, when you meet Mary Poppins on Main Street, you're talking to her, you're having a conversation. The, the costume characters entirely have to, you know, converse with, with body language and with um, pantomime because they can't talk to you, with the exception of the Mickey Mouse at, at, at Town Square Theater. So the fact that they can be this expressive without any words is always impressive to me. And lots of them were there. These characters just knocked it out of the park. Um... And like I said, you know, your mileage may vary, but if this is kind of the quality they, they, they expect for these characters, it is well worth doing just for that. Um, but also, we didn't wait long for any of them. It was a busy day, and we waited maybe 15 minutes for uh, Daisy and Minnie and maybe 10 for Donald and Goofy. Hmm. Um, so if you want to do a meet-and-greet, maybe not want to wait in like the hour-long line for Mickey on, on Main Street, this might be a good way to go do that. Um, like I said, they're, they're all circus themed and the backgrounds are themed. It's just a really cool, you know, cool atmosphere and, and fun characters. So that's my first one is the Pete Silly Sideshow. That's a, a good one. And I think it can be easy to miss Pete's Silly Sideshow. So it's in Storybook Circus, which itself is sort of in a, a, a back corner of the park. Yeah, it is kind of, the extras have talked around to the side as well. You kind of have to... Yeah. Almost like know where you're going to find it, which is a little weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, even if you see it, there's a big sign up above it. But I I think it would it would be easy to just walk right by that as well, just thinking, well, there's a sign in a building, and not really realize what's going on inside of it. Um, I I think the details that you talk about are a lot of fun. Like the calliope in the front is is a cool thing that they've added to make um, the the area well themed and a little extra special. Yeah, and and so so it's it's like I said, it's it's if you're looking for meet and greet, you're looking for raising a little out of the way, um, and maybe not the the standard dress characters. You know, you want something different than Donald in the sailor outfit. You can get Donald the snake charmer this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it is tucked away, it's often not as busy. Yeah, good one, Pete's silly sideshow. Okay, number two. Uh, so I'm going to go directly next door to Pete's Silly Sideshow. We talked about the Emporium at the start, and I'm going to talk for a moment about Big Top Souvenirs. So Big Top Souvenirs is a huge uh, merchandise store in Storybook Circus, and they really have a big selection of, of gift items. So this is one where if you buy something back there, if it's something sizable, you may want to have it shipped to the front of the park or shipped back to your Disney resort. But if, if you don't want to do your shopping with the big crowds at the Emporium at the end of the night, which which is fun, but if you just don't want 
to be with all of those other folks. Uh, oftentimes, Big Top Souvenirs doesn't have as big a crowd, and yet it has a really big selection of, of items. So clothing, um, trading pins, toys, hats, uh, all kinds of things that you might want to buy as, as a souvenir. Big Top Souvenirs is a great place to do it. Um, and it's also a great place to duck in and just browse a little bit to get out of the weather. Yeah. Um, also, they have some um, sweets, too. They have like candied apples and some stuff there in the center. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Big Top Souvenirs is number two. So number three, Aaron, back to you. So my next one is a, a classic that used to be over in uh, Fantasyland and got moved and got a pretty sizable upgrade as well. Um, and that's Dumbo, uh, Dumbo Flying Elephants, um, which admittedly isn't a ride I personally do often. Um, it is obviously one of those rides geared more for, for kids, um, climbing the elephant and, and go around in the circles and you can pull the lever to raise and lower. I have done it. It's fun. Um, as an adult, I can definitely say that I... I I've done it before and probably will do it again. Um, but it, it, it is one that, that obviously the kids really go nuts for. Um, and it used to be, when it was in Fantasyland, it used to be just one carousel. So it often had long lines. It was a very popular ride. Um, when they moved it over to Robux Circus and gave it its, its facelift, they actually added a second one. Um, so often the weights are a little bit you know, better just because there's now two different double carousels running. Um, and there's also a big playground area. Instead of kind of an interactive queue, we stand in line and you kind of touch things and do things as you walk. This has a big, basically jungle gym playground area with the net walkways kids can run across and, and different things. So if the kids kind of wa- want to go run and play while they're waiting, they can go do that in this, this area. Or even just go in and play and get out of the, get out of the sun for a few minutes and burn off some energy if the parents want to sit and let their kids run around. It's a good place to do that, too. Yeah. So um, you've got your classic attraction, you've got your little playground area for the kids. Um, and this is one that the ride itself, I mean, you're going around in circles in an elephant. Um, if you walk by it at night, the lighting is gorgeous. Um, that, um, it, it's, I mean... You know, and I'm using some carousel, something like carousel. I'm just using that term because the elephants go around a center point. Um, and it's all circus themed, obviously. Um, but at night, it's just lit up with blues and reds, and there's, and there's lights in the water. So even if you just walk by it, just to kind of appreciate the Disney lighting, it's, it's, worth, it's worth just to see that. I agree. Um, I, I think that Storybook Circus is a pretty area in the evening, and I think Dumbo probably takes the prize for the the most beautiful um, item in the Storybook Circus area at nighttime because of the the way the attraction is lit up and reflections off of the water that's at the base of the attraction. Um, just It's a very, very pretty area, and the water adds some sort of noise and movement as well. Uh, the, the fact that we now have dual Dumbos, I think, has helped a lot with the wait times. The fact that it's been moved and really isn't front and center anymore has probably helped with the wait times, too. So uh, checking out Dumbo is fun. I have ridden it as an adult. I, I think one of the, the fun things about it is you can, you can control the up and down movement, but also that you get to see a lot of what's going on around you um, it's a great way to look out over what's going on in Storybook Circus and even some of the, the rest of the park. You get some nice vantage points. 
Yeah, and you know, and it was there. So last time I was there, and so I'm assuming it's still there. And obviously, things just need to change all the time. Um, in between the two different um, uh, carousels, they had one of the Dumbo um, ride vehicles just there on the ground that you could kind of sit in and get your photo taken. Yes. Um, so if you want a good photo of you, you know, riding Dumbo the elephant, you can go do that there as well. Yep. Agree. Um, I'm glad that they did that because it's one of those classic photo opportunities everybody wants, and now you don't have to hold up the load and unload process to make it happen. Right, or have, or have someone try to get it with a fast other speed as you fly by. Yeah, exactly. Good. Number three was Dumbo's. Number four, uh, I am going to go smack dab to the middle of Storybook Circus and the Casey Jr. Splash area. So I don't think I'm really the prime audience for the Casey Jr. Splash area. Uh, it's more designed for little kids to run around and get wet. But the the design and the details in this area of the different animals and the circus trains and the elephants squirting water and the monkeys with the flower on their vest squirting water, uh, it's fun just to see the design. Um, it's also just fun to watch the little kids run around because they are generally having the time of their life getting soaked. And and this is an area where if you go into it, you're not going to probably get just a, a drop or two. You're probably going to get drenched. And so if you decide to partake of Casey Jr. Splash Area, uh, just realize that you're going to walk around with squishy shoes for the rest of the day. So if, if you choose just to enjoy it from afar, I think you'll have a lot of fun looking at the details and the people who are partaking. Uh, and if you decide to go head in, uh, just remember that you're probably going to get yourself soaked. Yeah, you know, but I think it is kind of indicative of the very different... I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, very different kind of sensibility that Storybook Circus has versus really the rest of the park. Um, in that... Obviously, the park is designed for for families of you know and, and kids of all ages, as they say. But I think Storybook Circus really its focus is on younger children, perhaps more so than most of the other areas in the park. Um, you've got Dumbo, you've got the, the playground by Dumbo, you've got this you know the the, the splash area, um, where really it's just a good place for kids to burn off some energy and you know maybe cool off a little bit in, you know, either in the covered playground or in the water of the, of the splash area. Um, but it really just is kind of more of a big playground for little kids to, to run around and enjoy. And not necessarily waiting along lines for a roller coaster or, you know, there's no, um, you know, long, complicated rides. It's just, it, it's just fun. Um, and I think that kind of sets the whole area apart from, every other land in, in the park. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And it does what it's trying to do well. Um, it, it still does it in great Disney style with lots of details and fun things to, to see and do. So I agree. Okay, that was number four, the splash area. So number five, Aaron, back over for you. So mine is um, the other major attraction in, um, in Storybook Circus is a roller coaster. Um, it is Goofy's Barnstormer. Um, it is themed after the great Goofini, who's a um, bumbling stuntman. Um, and it's fun. It's a very low-impact coaster. There's a couple of banks. There's you know a couple of very small drops. It's really kind of designed as, as almost like a starter coaster um, for younger kids who maybe aren't sure they want to you know go on a coaster yet. 
Um, my wife, who just does not like roller coasters, loves it. Um, so um, it's it's a good starter coaster. It's a good. Um, it's short. It's only like a minute and a half long or something like that. Um, so I, I wouldn't wait long for it, given that it's only about a minute and a half long. Um, but it's it's a great, you know, it's a great ride. It's fun. There's some fun theming, and you know, if you've got a little one, and I fairly sure the height requirement on it, like there are on all coasters. I'm not sure what it is. It's off my head. Um, but you've got a little one who maybe doesn't want to do space down in the big thunder. Um, it might be a good way for them to do the kind of like you know, kid version of the thrill ride. And it's still fast. It's still bangs, but it's definitely tamer than than some. Agree. I think the description of starter coaster is a really good one. Um, although that you will find plenty of adults on it. I, I have gone on it and oh, yeah. I think it's a lot of fun too. And you don't have to have a kid to, to go on it and enjoy it. Um, but it is, it is a, a short ride, which I think is good. It, it's designed for the audience that we've been talking about here for, for smaller kids. Um, but it still has some, a few turns here and there and, uh, a little bit of speed. So it's, it's a fun coaster. I think the, the retheming to match what's going on in Storybook Circus with a great Goofini is a lot of fun. Uh, there's some interesting things to look at in the queue as you, you go through, um, some spots where, uh, Goofini's had some issues here and there, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's fun yeah. to see in a fun coaster. This is one, um, that my wife and I rode really late at night, like end of the night one time, and there's like there's no one else in Storybook Circus, and we just had wandered in there, and 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 there's no line, and we're the only ones on the coaster, and then we got to the end, and they were like, "Do you want to keep going?" We're like, "Sure," and just, you know, hit go, we just kept, you know, went around again, um, so and then we got you know, and finally we ended up saying, "No, we're gonna get off now," but um, but you know, we could have gone around as many times as they would have let us, really. Yeah. Those are fun moments when that happens, like Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, we talked about another time. Yeah, you know, not not saying that that's gonna happen every time, but it's kind of funny. It is one of those, and I think it's indicative of just that sometimes there's no one there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we walked onto it, and it was, and sure, it was the end of the night, but you know, it's just one of those kind of it's it's it was tucked away. It was late at night; it wasn't that busy, and the cast members had nothing else to do except entertain us. <laughs> yep, and uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Okay, number five, Barnstormer. Uh, good. So number six is uh, over for me, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the food choices. So you mentioned one of the ones that I think is is really front and center. So in Big Top Souvenirs, there is a snack area smack dab in the middle, and this snack area includes an open kitchen where you can see the cast members preparing some of the food items. And they they really have a pretty good selection. There are some different sweets and uh, pastry sort of items. But there's usually a very big selection of decorated candied apples. And I, I often refer to these as works of art, one, because of the price, but two, because of the care and the design and the detail that go into those apples. It's, it's just amazing. So you can get some snacks inside of Big Top Souvenirs. But there are also a few kiosk kind of locations sprinkled around the Storybook Circus area. My experience is they aren't always all open, and sometimes it seems like the menus um, vary a little bit. Um, but I, I've pretty consistently seen popcorn. I've pretty consistently seen pretzels. 
Uh, I think I've seen hot dogs here and there. Uh, I, I do know that the menus change, but most people don't think food when they think of Storybook Circus. And you really shouldn't think of a full sit-down meal because that's not really what happens there. But if you're looking for something quick to eat or a sweet treat, um, I think there are some choices around Storybook Circus, and that's just not something that typically comes to mind, but there are some options. Yeah, I mean, circus food. Um, there you go. But but because, yeah, as you said you know, before, it's often quieter. Um, there often might be less of a line at the kiosk. Um, if you go into the big top um, souvenirs itself, yeah, you've got that kind of center area. We can get a bottle of water. You can get you know one of the candied apples. Um, now, I don't know if you've ever done I've never tried this. I don't know if you've ever tried this or not. Um, one of the reasons I rarely get the candied apples, first of all, because there's such, like you said, works of art, but it's too gorgeous to eat, mm. uh, almost. Um, but they're big and they're bulky and you've got this on the stick and it starts getting melty in the sun and, you know, it's hard to share. Um, and you don't necessarily want to hold one to yourself, um, which you shouldn't, you know, I, 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 I say I shouldn't have a hold on myself, but um, <laughs> so I heard once, and I saw some video online once where you can ask them to actually cut it up for you. Um, and I was watching some video, and I can't remember where now, where somebody went up to, to the counter in, in Magic Kingdom, uh, not a sort of a circus, but it, uh, on Main Street, and they wanted one of the caramel covered apples, and they they wanted it cut up, and the the Catch them behind the counter, you know, use the chopper, slice it into, you know, fours or eights, whatever it was, and put it into a, a plastic container for them, and they have the, the slices they could share. Um, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever done this or not, if, if you knew it was a thing, but apparently it's a thing. Yeah, I have not done it personally, but I've also heard that that is an option, that if you ask cast members, we'll cut it up, which actually is a great idea. Uh, on one hand, you almost yeah. hate to... Uh, destroy the beauty of it, but I mean, the, the purpose of is to eat it, and and it is right, sort right. of hard to eat as one big piece, it's hard to share, um, and, and I think getting it cut up for you is a, a terrific idea, and I've heard that that's a, an option as well. Yeah, so if you're you know, if you're holding off on buying one of them because, oh, I don't want to have to carry it on a stick, and if you have to share with the kids, ask, because apparently it's, a, you know, and then I, I always think about it when I'm not there. Mm. Uh, <laughs> And I'm, I'm there, and it doesn't occur to me to ask him to cut it up. But then I'm like, I, I leave, I'm like, oh, I could have gotten one and had him cut it up and, you know, just eat the slices. But whatever. Yeah. Um, it's probably for better, because I would just have one every time I'm there. And, I mean, they're apples. They're healthy. But, there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> they're, it, it's fruit. I mean, what could be bad? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and calories don't count at Disney anyway, because you walk them all off, so it's fine. You know, that's that's what we tell ourselves. Um, <laughs> and I'm sticking you know, with that story. You know, though, that, that, that my wife has, has a Fitbit, and we calculated after our, I believe our last, I want to say it was Disneyland, that we actually were really keeping track of it. And we were averaging about 10 miles a day. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, we joke about it, but you really do walk quite a bit. Yeah. And I could almost imagine that number being higher at Disney World because at, at Disneyland, things are a little closer together, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, it's a lot smaller. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, World, everything's spread out more. Um, and I find that at World, I kind of bounce between lands more. Hmm. Um. But, you know, it, it obviously depends on the trip and, and the experience that you want. But, um, yeah, 
I don't know how we got here from Indianapolis, but we did. <laughs> it was a fun diversion. It was, it was fun. It happens. Yep, it happens. Good. Top six reasons not to overlook Storybook Circus. So I hope we have shared some information that people might consider if they were just going to skip right by. Don't skip right by. Uh, why? Because number one, P- see, goodness, I can't speak today. Pete's Silly Sideshow. Uh, number two, Big Top Souvenirs. Number three, Dumbo. Number four, the Casey Jr. Splash Area. Number five, the Barnstormer. And number six, surprisingly, the food choices, including some delicious candied apples. So, Aaron, fun list. If people are interested in what you are up to, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, well, the best way is to head on over to magicandmisadventures.com. Um, Magic and Misadventures is my Disney blog. Um, where I talk about all things Disney. Uh, it can be anything from ranting and raving about changes. It can be um, do-it-yourself projects. It can be trip advice. It can be defending changes. Um, it can be kind of my own personal history. I wrote one not too long ago about my experience as a cast member. Um, so it's really kind of just all over the map. It's also kind of different Disney um, blog posts. Um from there, they can also find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, where I have, you know, it's all part of Metro's Adventures Media Empire, I guess is the term people use. <laughs> media Empire. Love it. <laughs> media, my, my Media Empire, um, you know, my little Disney blog um, and Instagram, where I post really, really cool um, park pictures from Disney World, Disneyland. So, you know, that's worth following because pretty pictures. Yeah, there you go. That's what the internet is all about, that and, and cat videos. So, um, right, exactly. <laughs> I always enjoy your take, whether it's how to decorate your magic band or how to understand the details in the Haunted Mansion queue. You've got a lot of uh, fun things to share, so thanks for doing that. Yeah, thanks. So as always, Aaron, it was, it was a blast talking Disney with you. Um, so thanks for coming back. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Today we head out to some of the background music that you might hear at the Fantasyland station of the Walt Disney World Railroad. And yes, we have made it through the top six reasons not to overlook Storybook Circus. However, our conversation isn't over. I'd like to hear what you think. Do you have something you'd like to add to the list? A comment? You can do that by visiting the show notes page at worldofwalt.com slash 129, a page that works great on desktops, tablets, and smartphones. Leave your comments in the comments section and check it out what other, what other people think as well. I'd like to thank everyone who's been in touch with me, and I'd like to hear from you too. A great way to do that is by following me on social media, facebook.com slash worldofwalt and pinterest.com slash worldofwalt. If you like today's podcast, I would appreciate it if you would spread the word. Tell your family and your friends about it. To wrap up for today, as always, I would like to give you a big thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'd also like to thank everyone who visits the worldofwalt.com site where you can read interesting Disney articles and chat with other people who like Disney in the comments sections. By listening here and by visiting the site, you allow me to share the fun of Disney with you, and that is very cool. Thank you for being a part of it. So until next time, my friend, may God bless you. Dream away, 
So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away